Welcome back to Blood Talk everybody, we're going to be talking about Sam Raimi's uh, Spider-Man trilogy again because I love these movies, all three of them, and yes I do love the third one and it's also because of course No Way Home is coming out in a few months and it's heavily implied Maguire's going to be in that so yeah, um, quick little notice, if my voice sounds a bit different it's because I'm currently a bit unwell um, won't really affect much, it just sounds a bit deeper. Maybe I'm finally going through puberty. <laughs> no, I, I have gone through puberty, but for some reason my voice has just never gotten really that deep. Anyway, um, yeah, let's let's get into it. So, I'm just going to be going off on a tangent, really, just discussing Sam Raimi's uh, trilogy, because Sam Raimi is my favourite director of all time. Um, and it is for this trilogy. Is this trilogy my favourite trilogy ever? No. That goes to the original Star Wars trilogy, and Sam Raimi's trilogy is probably like third or fourth. Um, does this have any of my favourite movies? No. But it does have some of my favourite movies. But does this have my favourite storytelling ever? Quite possibly. And I mean it as in a trilogy, not just standalone film. I mean the way that all three movies are connected. I think the storytelling is immaculate, maybe perfect. And I think a good example of how Raimi is able to balance storytelling with action, and this is why he's my favourite director, because not only can he balance uh, sad with happy, like humour with dark, which he somehow just manages to do in all of his films. Like, that's primarily what makes him a favourite director. But what also makes him a favourite director is that he can perfectly manage uh, and balance action with storytelling. Every fight scene that happens in any of these films has a consequence. Whether that be a small, minor thing, like Peter not being in time to deliver pizza to a woman or a big consequence like a train about to fall off uh, a track and that's why the action in these films are so good because every action scene in some way whether big or small has a consequence now I suppose you could argue that the third film doesn't always do this most of the time it does but Sometimes it doesn't. And that's why often, well, partly why, <laughs> the third one is seen as the worst of the three. Not that it's bad, although some people will tell you it is. It's just that it's the worst of these three. When I was younger, Spider-Man 3 wasn't just my favourite of these three films. It was my favourite film of all time. I was four years old when I first saw this film, before I'd seen a single Star Wars film. Uh, it was probably due to my best friend, uh, who's still my best friend now, funnily enough. He'd, uh, he was going on about how much he loved it, so I gave it a go, and yeah, I, I too loved it. Um, and at the time, yeah, it was my favourite film ever. And why was it my favourite film ever, when it's often seen as the worst? Well, we're going to get into that a bit. Because I watched the other two at the time... 
the first one I didn't mind. The second one I really I didn't mind the second one either, but it was my least favorite. And that's quite funny because the second one is objectively the best by far. Like in terms of storytelling and just balancing storytelling with action and the themes and stuff, the second one's by far the best. Um, it's not my favorite of the three. The first one is, but the third one, when I was younger, it was my favorite. Why was it my favorite? Because of the amount of action, I think. I think that when you're younger, you're not really concerned with storytelling. I don't think you're concerned with character moments or emotion. I mean, you don't even know what the word emotion means when you're that age. But I think that the action scenes in the third one are undoubtedly some of the best in the trilogy. I mean, yeah, you could reserve the train fight scene in Spider-Man 2, perhaps, but despite the criticisms of this film, one of the positives is that it has the best action of the three, arguably. Not only that, but it's a lot faster. Like, every single character moment is followed up by an action scene. And that means it's at a much faster pace. The two other films are at a fast pace, but they were at a good fast pace. They were at a sort of fast pace that allowed breathing time. This film doesn't stop. But that's why I loved it when I was, when I was younger, because I didn't get bored of it. And yeah, I did get bored of the other two at some points. Not because they were bad films, not because I even thought they were bad films. But the reason I got bored of them when I was younger is because I didn't understand storytelling. I didn't understand characters. I didn't understand any of that. Because you're not going to at a young age. At a young age, you don't really care about any of that. I didn't care to see Mary Jane and Peter in the backyard talking to each other for f five minutes straight. I didn't care about Norman Osborn and looking into the mirror and, oh, well, you know, actually, I did probably care about that. But the point is, Spider-Man 3 didn't have as many of those moments. That's why it was my favourite of the three. As I've gotten a bit older, I'm 15 now, uh, Spider-Man 3 is now my least favourite of all three. Once again, I don't think it's bad. I think it's actually really good, especially with what it was going for. I think it's heavily underrated and overhated, but it does have its flaws. The other two have flaws, of course, because every film does, but just nowhere near as many. And my favourite of the trilogy now is the first one, with my, the second one being my second favourite. So what, what, what changed in 10 years? Why did I change from the first, um, sorry, the third to the first one being my favourite? I think it's partly due to now I'm a bit older, I've been able to relate to some of the themes, such as going after a girl who doesn't like you, um, but might like you at the same time, and you, you're not sure, you don't know what to do, and it all gets confusing. Um, the third film tried to go for those themes, but it failed. And when I was younger, that worked for me, because I didn't care for those themes. But now that I'm older... I do. And because I've experienced that kind of thing before, chasing after a girl who doesn't like you back, and maybe will like you back, and also the loss of a loved one, and not getting along or getting along with parents or, or, or friends or family, all that kind of stuff I can relate to now because I've matured a bit more. 
And yeah, sure, I'm only 15. And I think that's why when I'm a bit older now, like maybe another 10 years time, when I'm about 25, if I rewatch the films then, which I probably will, Spider-Man 2, I think, will end up being my favourite then. Because, and here's the distinction between all the films, I think the third one will be the favourite of many kids because the, once again, yeah, the storytelling is uh, its weakest and, however, the action is at the best. Uh, I think that the first one is best for teens because, well, when you really think about it, the first Spider-Man film, the, any origin of Spider-Man is a teen story. It's relatable because of girls, because of uh, family and relationships and stuff. Not knowing who to trust and thinking you trust people, things like that. And being slightly more mature than you were when you were younger, but not being mature enough to be able to manifest and understand everything that's going on, but able to understand enough. And that's why I'd say Spider-Man 3 is like a, a children's story or a children's film, or at least better for children. The first one is a teen story, and the second one is an adult story. The second one is an amazing film, without a doubt, but it's an adult film, because it goes through the struggles of being an adult. I mean, yeah, you're going to say no, it goes through the struggles of being Spider-Man. But who's behind the Spider-Man mask? An adult. Yeah, I know they say he's just a kid, but he's portrayed, he's got more adult problems in this film. And the adult problems that you can relate to yourself. The whole message of Spider-Man 2, in fact, is to just keep on going. Even when things seem to be at the worst, even when all hope seems to be lost, you can still get back up again and keep on going. And you need to trust that things will get better that in time they will. And that is what happens to Peter in Spider-Man 2. It starts off being horrible for him and all, and it is for 95% of the film. But then the last two minutes, something actually goes right for him. And that's why Spider-Man 2 is such an adult film. Because it just inspires you to keep on going. Even when you think all hope is lost. The second... the Sorry, the first one is about, well, having responsibility for your actions. And really, that's the difference between being a child and being a teenager, I think. Responsibility. You start to learn it. I mean, primary school. Forgive me if you're from America, but we call it primary school here. Uh, in primary school, which is from the age of four to the age of ten or eleven, um, you don't need any responsibility. I mean, everything's done for you in school and... Uh, your parents walk you home and your parents pay for everything and all that kind of thing. Whereas when you go into high school, yeah, still most of those things apply. Or at least a lot of them do. But then also a lot of them don't. Such as, that. Um, well, at least most people walk themselves to school. Most people have to get up on time themselves. If they do bad in school, then it's their fault, not the parents. They have to do the homework of their own acclaim if they're late to school then it's their fault and not the parents. Same with being late to class. That's the difference. Because Spider-Man 3 doesn't have many themes of responsibility. But Spider-Man 1, that's the whole point of it. 
And it's about accepting your responsibility. Yeah, sure, you're not going to get bitten by a spider and save everyone in the city, but you're still going to have a high level of responsibility, or at least have to learn and mature into your own. And that's why Spider-Man 1 appeals to people my age the most, because it's relatable. Spider-Man 2, when I'm a bit older, I'll relate to more. Because of learning to deal with the consequences of my actions and the possibilities and what-ifs and whatnot and uh, having to get past them and, yeah, just carrying on. So, in essence, I suppose what I'm trying to say here, and I, I know I said at the start of this that I was just going off on a tangent, I didn't expect to have this much structure, but I suppose what I'm trying to say is that the Spider-Man, the Raimi Spider-Man trilogy is so great because each of the three films appeals to a different audience. I mean, all three of them can be watched by any, anyone, anyone at all. But I feel like the third one will appeal mostly to children. The second one will appeal mostly to adults. And the first one will appeal to either like, you know, young adults or uh, teenagers. And that's the beauty of the trilogy, really. The writing. Because they're written so perfectly. All these themes of forgiveness and themes of carrying on and themes of responsibility, they aren't all in your face. I mean, yeah, maybe the Uncle Ben quote is kind of in your face, but that's said towards Peter, not to the audience. And it's very clear that he's saying it's Peter. But we relate to Peter as a character. That's what makes Spider-Man such a great hero and one of maybe the best superhero of all time. Because you don't like Spider-Man for beating up villains. You don't like Spider-Man for his powers and abilities and stuff. You like him for the man underneath it. And the responsibility and the consequences of what happens when he does everything as Spider-Man. It's relatable. It's, I mean, it's so great that I remember, um, I've never read a comic. I've never read a Spider-Man comic in my life. But I remember watching this guy talking about a Spider-Man comic where Peter's a bit more brutal all of a sudden with his uh, arrests and he's a bit ruder and stuff. And everyone knows there's something up with him. And when I say everyone... I mean, not just the characters in the book, but I mean, all the readers know there's something up. Because we've become so accustomed to this character, we know everything about this character, that we know that him acting all dark is very off. And it just goes to show that Spider-Man is a great character because he has character. I mean, if Superman started going around killing people one day in a comic book... Yeah, it would be a bit off, but, you know, or if he was being ruder or whatnot, yeah, it'd be a bit off. But it'd be nowhere near as noticeable as it is with Spider-Man. Because Spider-Man's just got more character. Um, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, so yeah, I hope you enjoyed this little 15-odd minutes of rambling on about the Raimi trilogy. I hope you learned something new, I hope... You can agree with me on this, but if you don't agree with me on this and you think that, uh, well, you have a different point of view, then 
express it to me. I'd love to hear your thoughts and your ideas and your theories. Yeah. Anyway, thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you later. Bye-bye.